Exodus chapter 20, page 96, if you've got a Schofield reference Bible. King James Bible. When you find your place there, let me tell you a story. Find your place, you look this way. When you find your place, say amen. amen. You ain't find it in the next 30 minutes, just look up and pretend you have. Amen. Services went on. 29 years ago. I hadn't really thought about it, but I was 29 years old at the time. Very frustrated with Christianity. Yes, I knew I was saved. No, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't running around on Darlene. I wasn't smoking wacky weed. Hadn't robbed a bank. Hadn't took up cussing. But the truth was, I was very disgruntled, dissatisfied with Christianity. 29 years ago, I went to a service, much like you came here tonight. Not looking, not expecting. Truth of the matter was, didn't really know what to expect of it, other than the fact about five to 6,000 people showed up. My, what a meeting, what a service. And they was all there to hear one preacher. Song service was great. I'd never heard singing quite like that. The room was electric with all the people. It was amazing. But that night, God instilled in my heart a truth. As I was preparing and thinking this week about the last 24 years, I began to reflect. And of course, honestly, I ended up just praising God for His goodness I share Darlene's testimony that our church is so good to us. You folks are so good to us. And um, I begin to ask God questions like, God, when did you begin to truly, truly work in my heart? I was saved at 11 years of age at Acres Grove Baptist Church. Paul Robinson was preaching. I certainly praise God that Sunday morning he preached. But what was it I heard that changed my life? What was that tipping point moment that I could run to for myself? What word did I hear that truly began to change and build my faith to believe a God for everything I need. What challenge was I given that I still incorporate 29 years down the road? And as I began to answer every one of those questions, my heart ran back to that service 
on that evening and the truth that I heard. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 18, and all the people saw the thunderings, lightnings, the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear it. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. They said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and, and we'll hear. Moses, we'll hear. But oh, Moses, don't let us talk with God. Don't let us speak with God. Lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you that His fear may be before your faces and that you sin not. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Tonight, with the help of God, I've titled this, God wants to talk to you. But will you talk to Him? We could have titled this, Speak Thou with us, and we will hear. But let not us speak with God. Not let God, not, not let us, not, don't let God speak with us as we die. Let's pray. Brother Watts, Great leadership class tonight. Leads to the throne of grace. They said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. The first thing I want you to note here tonight is, Who are these people that saying this to Moses? Well, these are the people of God. As a matter of fact, beyond any doubt, these were God's chosen people. 
From the moment Abraham was called and began his journey, they began to delight in him and for the most part were devoted to him. They came out of the Red Sea as sin on dry ground and they watched as the water swallowed up the enemy right before their very eyes. They gratefully accepted the provisions God supplied. When they got hungry, they gratefully went out and picked up the manna. When they were thirsty, He brought water out of a rock. They seen God do all of this. They were a people that truly, they were God's people. These were not God-rejecting people. These were not idol-worshiping people. These were people who did love God. They were people who loved the fact that God had delivered them. And they wasn't ashamed to tell the world about that. These were separated people Truth is, they were the fundamentalists of that day. These were, much like many of you, some of God's very best people. They they weren't getting drunk on the weekends. They, They didn't have wacky weeds hid in their tents. These were truly People that had believed God and seen the great hand of God. They had watched as God had done. So that They watched as the walls of the Red Sea went straight up. And they walked over on dry ground. They seen as this great massive army of Pharaoh. The wheels fall off the chariots in the middle of the Red Sea and God just wash up. They've seen all of this about God. A little earlier in the chapter, we'll not take time to read it, but it's there. God had brought Moses up and was talking to him. And he tells Moses, he said, go down and tell them not to get too close, not to be gazing in, because it'll kill them if they do. So they had a desire and a longing for the things of God. But notice something else. Here, God is fixing and He's desiring to talk to them. As they come on the scene, the mountain is smoking and thundering and shaking, and lightning. And noticed this people of God, where they positioned themselves. And the Bible says, when all the people saw the thunderings, and the lightnings, and the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, and when people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. They backed up. 
as they watched, and as, as they, what they could see in that moment caused them to back up on God. They become fearful. Moses, understand we love God. Moses, understand we believe His Word. Moses, understand we love His truth. But Moses, we're not sure about this. We're just not sure about this. I mean, come on now, Moses. It is amazing for everywhere in this blessed book you find a people or a person position themselves afar off. They were headed for trouble. Psalms 10.1 says, Why standest thou far off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? The psalmist said, Lord, why are you afar off? Peter, the Bible says in Matthew 26, 58, But Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. The same one, the same one, the same one that said, I'll die for you, Jesus. I'll never deny you, Jesus. Not me, Jesus. But here he's positioned himself afar off. He's not up close. For you see, they positioned themselves in such a place. And that was the beginning. Tonight, if God doesn't speak to your heart and you get the message, then there's probably a good chance. No, there's more than a good chance. There's a real chance. You're falling afar off. Maybe tonight when you're done, you may not want what God gave me, what God gave in this book. And so they began to follow afar off. And so they positioned themselves. And whenever they positioned themselves afar off, Something happened. Their perception, their perception of who God was changed. Moses, go to God. Find out what he's got to say. They said unto Moses, speak thou with us. Talk to us, Moses, and we'll hear. But notice, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. Where did they ever get the idea that God would kill them? Where did they get the idea that God would hurt them? They, why would he deliver them to kill them in the wilderness? Where did they get the idea? Hey, where did you get the idea that God would hurt you and doesn't love you? 
You get that ideal because you're standing afar off. The perception of who he was started changing. But it was what they said and that perception they embraced was the great truth. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us. And we will hear. They knew about God, but they didn't know God. They knew about God 29 years ago. I knew about God. I knew the terminology. I knew I was saved. But I certainly didn't know God. Here's what they said. Jeremiah 23, 23. And don't miss this. The success of any nation or church or anything depends on hearing God's word, believing it, and obeying it. Jeremiah 23, 23. Am I I God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? The nations around Israel built their, built their religions on idols that they could see and hold and touch. But Israel worshipped an invisible God and they would have nothing to do with idols. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us. And we will hear. Here's what they said. Moses, we believe you're God's man. Moses, We believe you have a word from God. Moses, we have confidence in you. Moses, we know you'll go to God and get what God has. Moses, we know you're God's man. Moses, we know you love us and tell us the truth. So Moses, whatever God tells you to do, we'll do. But let us not talk with God as we die. Here's what they said. Pastor, we believe you're God's man. Pastor, we believe you prayed and got a word from God. Pastor, we believe we got confidence in you. Pastor, we believe you love our church and we believe you study. We believe you seek God's face for a word. And pastor, whatever you tell us to do, we'll try our best to do. But pastor, let us not talk to God lest we die. Here's what they were saying. Sunday school teacher, we believe you have God's lesson. We believe you have prayed for us this week. We believe you have prepared and studied and labored in the lesson. Sunday school teacher, we believe you love us and love the class and truly want to help us. Sunday school teacher, we believe you've got a, a lesson you want us to learn to grow us spiritually. A Sunday school teacher... Let us not talk to God, lest we die. Choir leader, we believe you seek God's face for the songs to sing. 
We believe, Joey, you labor and prepare for the music here. We believe you lead with a heart for God. And we believe that, that you'll do your best to seek the face of God. But oh, Brother Joey, let us not talk to God and have a song in our hearts as we die. Dear church member, we believe this is God's church. We believe we see the hand of God on this church. We believe on this hillside in, in Granite Falls, North Carolina, that a holy God moved and put these buildings here. We believe it's His church. We believe that it stands for what's right and it doesn't move and it's, it's going to stand on the Word of God and what's right. Churchmen, we believe all that. And whatever I hear and learn there, I'm going to do my best to do. But oh, oh, please understand. Let us not talk with God. Lest we die. Dear bus worker, we believe you love those children. We believe you give sacrificially every week. We believe you invest your time and, and work and, and visiting and running in buses. We, 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 leave, we believe you love those kids other many times when many don't. We believe that whatever the ministry requires, we, we believe. We believe in that bus ministry. We believe it's God's will. We believe God's hands on it. And all we, we love seeing the buses drive up on Sunday morning. I love to see them leave out on Sunday morning. But all, oh, please, please understand something. Let us not talk with God. Lest we die. Dear Patch Club Walker, we believe you love our kids in this church. We believe that you love telling the great stories from God's Word. We believe you love singing the songs. We believe you love teaching those wonderful lessons. But oh, please, don't miss this. But let us not talk with God. Lest we die. And God introduced this great truth to me 29 years ago. The old man of God that preached it made this statement. He said, some of you have driven a hundred miles to hear what I went to God to get, to bring to you. But he said, you've never walked a hundred feet behind your house and said, God, what have you got to say to me? That night, we had driven 100 miles. It's just like a holy ghost of God slipped in beside of me and said, wow, I never had I never had. See, 
the greatest truth and the greatest thing that could possibly happen for Solid Rock Baptist Church is for a group of people to have a relationship with God for themselves. For you see, God so desires to talk to you. They thought God would kill them because of the thunderings and the lightnings and the smoke and the shaking. They thought God would kill them. But the truth of the matter was, He just wanted to love them. You go to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Why do you think he's walking in that garden? Is he there to see his garden? He doesn't have to. He created it. He knows what it looks like. What's he there to see the animals? He created them. He knows what they look like. Is he there to, to see how his stuff is growing? Oh no. When he gets there, there's only one thing missing. Only one thing missing. It's the very thing he come to be with. Adam! Adam! Where are you at, Adam? Where are you, Adam? Because you've got to understand, he came to walk in the cool of the day to talk to Adam. Do you understand how much God desires to talk with you? Do you understand how much He wants a relationship with you? Do you understand how much He really does? We find He's looking for man whom He who can have fellowship with and talk to and commune with. Fast forward to the end of the book. In Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Here he is. The very beginning, he's a one to talk with man. Here he is in the end. And he's knocking on the door. Well, just open the door and let me in. He said, we'll come in, we'll sup together, we'll have a meal together, we'll talk together, we'll commune together. God desires to talk to you. Revelation 3.20 shows us what kind of Savior we have. He's a present Savior, He's at the door. He's a patient Savior. He's standing not... Behold, I stand. He's a pursuing Savior. He's knocking. 
He's a pleading Savior if any man... He's looking for anybody. He's looking for anyone tonight who says, I'll talk to you if you'll talk to me. He's looking for that person. He's a promising Savior. I will come in. He's a providing Savior and sup with Him. He with me. Now this is where it gets real. 29 years ago, 1987 and here in Exodus the day came when they won they looked to go to God for them was gone in Exodus chapter 24 verse 12 if you'd like to turn there And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me in the mount and be there. And I'll give thee the table of stone and a law and a law and the commandments which I've written that that thou mayest teach them. So the day came. Moses, whatever God tells you, you tell us and we'll do it. Let us not speak with God. Let not God speak with us lest we die. The day came and God slipped that one out. And in chapter 32, just a few chapters over, verse 1. And when the people, this same people, this same God-loving, this same people separate, this same people but when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves in Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, little g-gods, which should go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wrought not what is become of him. And I won't read the rest of it, but I'll just tell you. Aaron said, Well, give me your jewelry. He melted down all the jewelry. He fashioned a calf as a god in Egypt. You got to love Aaron. Later on, Moses shows up. He says, Aaron, what in God's name have you done? He said, I, I just tell you, Moses, we took earrings and threw them in a pot and a, and a, and a calf popped out. That ain't way it happened. That ain't way it happened. And all of a sudden, here's the people. Moses, whatever God tells you to do, we'll do. But let not God speak with us lest we die. The coming day, there was no one there to go to God for them. And that day, they all went. And you know what they did? They put on rock music, stripped off naked, and started dancing around that golden gate. That's all the world you can make out of it. You, you can't soft soap it. That's exactly what they've done. God said, Moses, you better get down there. Now I will tell you this about God. God said, that's a stiff neck. So that's the most stiff necked people. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, let me alone. My wrath may wax hot against them. I may consume them. And I'll make you a great nation. And Moses said, now God, we can't do that. 
Later on, God gets his, God, Moses gets back and said, God, try them all. And God said, no, nah, Moses, we know. if Moses and God had ever gotten together, they wouldn't have had a chance. Read your Bible. But today came. But today came when they was no longer there. The old man that I heard preach that message, February the 6th, 2001, he never walked in the pulpit again. Paper read that he'd done the unthinkable. He died today. I was in his church a few weeks ago. I couldn't help but think. In the auditorium, as ours, they had the doors up here in the corners, and the choir come down and had a like a walkway down to the podium. And he always walked out of that door. And I was sitting there thinking, he'll never walk out that door again. He'll never preach another message. He'll never make another cassette. That's, that's what they used then. Some of you don't know what a cassette is. It's a little old square thing that you used to put messages on and songs and stuff. Yeah. He'll never make another cassette. Every sermon he's ever preached, every challenge he's ever given, he'll never give another. But I'm glad that day when I got news. And I ain't gonna lie to you. It absolutely broke my heart. I don't know if I've had a family member I grieved more for. I know that sounds strange. I did. But oh, what a blessed day it was when I said, He's died, but His God didn't die. And I know His God. Now you need to understand something. Now please, don't, don't start weeping. As far as I know, it ain't going to happen today. But there will come a day and they'll roll me down through the air now park me right here. I'll preach no more sermons. They'll have my black suit on me. They put me in anything else. I'm going to hone them for life. I'll preach no more sermons. I'll put this mic on no more. And the day will come I will preach my last sermon. Here's the question. Do you know God for yourself? I am so thankful to be the pastor of this church. I am thrilled. There's nothing wrong for you to come and say, Preacher, tell us what has God given you. And I love doing that. I desire to do that. I long to do that. I don't think we have a Sunday school teacher, to my knowledge. I was thinking why James, why James testified. You know why he's our adult man's teacher? You saw his heart, didn't you? Every Sunday he just opens up his heart. He'll, just, he'll give you his heart every week. But you know what? The day will come when he won't stand behind that podium. The day will come 
And that Sunday school teacher won't stand there no more. The day will come when someone else will lead the choir or drive the bus. The day will come you'll get too old for the patch club. The day will come, do you know God for yourself? Do you know Him enough to run to Him when you're in trouble? The psalmist said, Psalm 61, 2, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. And when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Can you get to that rock when there's nobody to lead you there? See, I fear we run to Facebook and friends and people who, truth be told, have many more problems than we do. And they don't know no more what to do than you do. But I'm here tonight to tell you a God that knows exactly what to do. Do you know Him enough to trust Him when you simply don't know what to do? In 2 Chronicles 20, 12, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Notice why I said, Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. I don't know what to do, but I'm looking to you, he knew God enough to go there. Do you know him well enough to encourage yourself when you're discouraged? First Samuel 36, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, Baptist. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But notice, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You know what David said? I wished I had a Moses to go to God and come and tell me what to do. I'd do it. But since I don't have a Moses, I'll just go to God myself. I wish I had a pastor to run to and say, Pastor, tell me what God has to say and I'll do it. But David here has no pastor. So he says, I'll just go to God myself. Here tonight, the greatest thing that can happen for every person in this church. I'm glad you're a part of this church. I'm thankful you're here. If you're not a part of this church, you ought to be. It's the best church in the county. Best church in the county. But you don't miss this. If tonight, if I fail you when I'm gone, when I'm gone, and, when, and I preach my, if I fail you, if, if, when, when I'm gone, your life collapse, then I have failed you in telling you, Moses, you go to God. And whatever God tells you, 
will do. Now Moses, don't let God speak to us as we die. And tonight, if I do anything, if I can do anything, if I give you anything, I tell you this, get to know God for yourself. I left that meeting, and I don't know that I've done it well. I don't think I have. I know I've not done it as well as I should have. But 29 years ago, I left that service. And 29 years ago, I purposed that day. I loved my pastor. I wanted to hear everything he had to give me. I loved my Sunday school teacher, and I wanted to get everything I could from him. I loved the choir. I loved every part of it. But I purposed that day that I'd walk a hundred feet behind the house and say, Dear God, what have you got to say to me? I purposed. See, when God speaks to you, He'll speak to you through this book. And when we speak to Him, we do that through prayer. And I purposed. I wanted to know what He had to say to me. Now, I appreciate all those things. Between nine years ago, I began that journey. And I'm still on the journey. I'm still looking. I'm still seeking. I'm still looking to know God better than I ever been. I'll tell you this much. He won't hurt you. He ain't waiting up out of the big stick to beat the daylights out of you. We probably deserve it. We probably deserve it. We probably deserve getting our pants or dress beat off of us. But He's not going to do that. If you earnestly seek Him, you'll find He's the most loving, kindest God you've ever seen. And He'll help you tonight. Moses, Whatever God tells you to do, Moses will do it. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we'll hear. Word hear means we'll not only hear, we'll do it. But oh, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. That's the truth. Tonight, do you know him? I didn't ask you if you were saved. If you're not saved, you're in the best place you could ever be. Jesus loved you so much, and while you was a sinner, He went to a cross and died and paid your sin debt. So much He loved you. But tonight, I didn't ask you if you were saved. I said, do you know Him? Preacher, whatever you tell us, I'll do my best to do and Thank you. I, I, I want folks to hear and apply what God's Word says. We'll do our best. No, but, but do you know Him? But do you know Him? Do you know Him? And the greatest thing you can do is to know Him. It's all stand on their feet, every head bowed, and their eye closed.